1: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
0: Are you looking for the perfect way to take your brand to the next level? Want to reach a dedicated, engaged audience that's all ears? With AudioHook.com, you can do just that. AudioHook is the premier podcast advertising platform connecting advertisers with some of the best podcasts in the world. AudioHook uses advanced targeting techniques to ensure your message reaches the right ears at the right time. With detailed analytics, you'll be able to track your campaign's performance and optimize your strategy for maximum impact. Plus, their team of experts are there every step of the way, providing guidance and support to make your campaign a success. So, whether you're a startup, a small business owner, or a marketing pro, AudioHook is your one-stop shop for podcast advertising success. Head over to AudioHook.com to start your journey today.
1: The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn
0: great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP.
1: Brand new for the 2022 season, it's the RVK. We're coming at you two ways on two days. It's Monday and Thursday Jeremy JN Fiend Phoenix and me, Brandon Phoenix, aka I also hate Pitt. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You get pop culture Monday at 7 a.m. You get the West Virginia University podcast Thursdays at 7 a.m. Either way, no matter what we say, you're going to have fun. So like we like to tell you, get at your boys. Welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are recapping a, a not-so-great football weekend for the Kansas Jayhawks. Look, they just got plastered. Um, Texas finally did what Texas was supposed to do against the Jayhawks because of the talent disparity, but we will talk a little bit about that, um, kind of talk about looking ahead to the end of the season, the bowl season, potentially the offseason. Um, and then also, uh, uh, you know Kansas has a, a uh, holiday tournament for the basketball team coming up, the undefeated defeated number three in the college basketball polls, Kansas Jayhawks, that are led by the fantastic Jalen Wilson. To help me talk about all of that, joining me, coming back to the podcast for the first time in a little while, it is the KU scoopmeister himself, Mike Vernon. Mike, how you doing today?
0: Andy, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm doing I'm really excited to be here. There's a lot to talk about. The future of the football program. I was a little worried again last week. We can touch on that if you want. And I've just launched a newsletter, and I'm excited about that too. So a lot of good things happening, and we got basketball season. So thank thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's one of those, you know, this has been probably the busiest November that I've had in a long time because, you know, usually I'm writing about like the the bare minimum about football so we can just get through the end of the season and and talk about how it maybe it's not quite as bad as it looks but now we've got a good football team to talk about not not a great football team but a good one that Bowl is game, going Andy. to go right that is Bowl going game. to go bowling um, so, look, I mean, this is a great time to be a Jayhawk to talk about everything going on. And, of course, um, kind of as you pointed out, you know, there is there is some uncertainty regarding the coaching future of the Jayhawks. Um, just because there are, you know, probably three or four different jobs that all could have light to be a, a decent candidate for them, assuming that, you know, he's willing to pull the trigger on that. So but before we get to all of that. Let's talk about this game because I don't think we need to talk a lot about this game because, you know, Texas winning 55 to 14, B. John Robinson going for four rushing touchdowns. Um, and then uh, he wasn't the only one that actually rushed for touchdowns. I believe it was. Was it Roshan Johnson? Uh, no, sorry. Uh, Jonathan Brooks was the other running back who went for over 100 yards as well himself um, and got two touchdowns. It was not a great day at all for the Kansas rushing defense. But, uh, you know, overall takeaways because I don't think there's a lot to break down on this game in terms of individual performances or anything like that. (laughs) Like the only thing worth mentioning I think is that Jalen Daniels did come back and started this game. Um, He looked off at least for the first half of the game like was overthrowing guys was just doing all kinds of stuff that is not the Jalen Daniels we're used to seeing. I think it's fair to say that he you know is not completely back to 100%, but felt good enough to go, especially with Jason Bean having some, you know, during the week potential issues uh, with practice availability as well, so it sounds like Kansas has two not fully healthy quarterbacks, but quarterbacks that could go and then a true freshman and ethan vasco who was not really ready to be thrown to the wolves against the texas team that has a pretty good defensive line so um i don't know that it's something that you worry a ton about like the obvious thing is that if if they're not at full strength you can't really expect jalen daniels or jason bean um you know to be able to stand up over the course of an entire game with no problems at all um You know, we we can talk about what what to think about moving forward with this team, especially with Kansas State coming up this weekend. Um, But I think all eyes are probably on the bowl game and trying to make sure everybody is as healthy as possible for that bowl game, so Kansas can have a good showing there.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's look. Let's let's just move right along past that Texas game. The one frustrating thing to me was that you know, or you knew coming in, Texas was going to just try to run the ball down your throat, you know, the way you beat them is to try to get Quinn to beat you and in for KU to not be ready. It was, was a little frustrating, but you know what? Texas gets their revenge game. And I don't think it's worth dwelling on. If you want to play like a fun conspiracy type of angle, which I'm always up for, this is like a, what a Bill Simmonsy take, but I'm not sure getting blown out was the worst thing for the future of Kansas football. I'm just going to say it.
1: Yeah. Look, look, Kelly Leipold tweeted afterwards, you know, that she's looking forward to being back in the booth with everybody next year. So, um, and, and, and honestly, I don't think it was no accident. No. Oh oh, no, of course not. Like she doesn't, she doesn't tweet that if there's a very good chance that he's leaving. Right. Like, like not saying that it confirms that he's for sure back, but, you know, the fact that she is excited shows how much they enjoy being here, how much, you know, they are kind of bought into getting the program back to where it needs to be. Yes. Obviously, things can change. You know, it's not a guarantee that they will be here next year. But as it stands right now, if you had to put betting odds on it, I'd probably, you know, say that I'm, you know, I would probably say 90% that Leipold is the coach next year and for the next two or three years at least. Um, You know, Kansas, there was talk about Kansas was, and actually I think this might have been your own, Hearings and scoops, um, talking about how you know they have upped their their offer for Leipold uh, in terms of talking to the agents, um, and so there's definitely. And, and we knew this all along. There is a big push by Travis Goff and the Kansas administration to make sure that they keep Lance Leipold because of what he's done here. Like, I don't think you're going to find any argument from any Kansas fans, anybody related to the program at all about Lance Leipold being the guy moving forward. And it's been good enough that you pretty much pay whatever it is you have to to get him to stay here. So not not in this, like there's probably a ceiling somewhere, but it's really hard to think about what that ceiling would be because of just how great the turnaround has been in such a short time.
0: Yeah. I think if you look at it, it's clear that this is a good football coach. Uh, Finally. And I think he's really respected in, in the buy-in is, is there you've seen it in the stands. I think there it would have been fair to be a little agitated last week or the last few weeks. If you're KU and you're like, look, we've offered you a, a really good appealing, respectable deal. And you and you're not signing it. However, if he would have signed it, he wouldn't have gotten whatever KU brought back to the table already. So yeah, his agent is, or his reps are probably doing the right thing. They have done the right thing in waiting. Uh once you get win number six, you're pretty guaranteed that KU is gonna you got you've got KU. You got leverage on him. So yeah, for it's sure. hard to blame them, but it's still at the same time an uneasy feeling when okay, here's Nebraska maybe striking out on their top names, and this was the scenario you were worried about early on that Lance was there waiting. So you know, again, I don't think it's a it's a guarantee, but it looks pretty good right now, and um, hard to blame anyone in this whole saga for doing. Exactly what they've done for KU being hyper aggressive, Lance waiting, or Lance's reps advising him to wait. And, well, oh, I guess the three, those three parties have all probably done the right thing. And no one knows what Nebraska is doing, by the way.
1: Right, Governor right. Ne- Nebraska, is, it's been weird because normally yeah. there's a lot of leaks. Normally, you know, it just any program, there's somebody that knows what's going on. There's like maybe one person who said that they think that they might know someone who knows something but isn't really, you know, super sure about it. So it's like it's been very, very quiet, which is not something you usually see, especially from big programs like Nebraska that have very, you know, high-dollar donors that like to throw their weight around. Um, but it, it has been very interesting. Like you said, this is exactly what you expect. There is, there is definitely something that is – I wouldn't say honorable, but it's understandable that, you know, Leipold would want to wait till the end of the season. Anyway, that Kansas would go ahead and offer as early as possible to lock him up, that he would want to wait till the end of the season. So that contract talks are not something he's focusing on while he's trying to focus on getting the team coached and doing all that stuff. So, um, you know, I would imagine that we are going to get very close to the end of the season or like, you know, right after next week, you know, after after the game against Kansas State, that you might hear that they finally get down and start talking seriously about whether they extend him at that point or if he's, you know, seriously looking at other things like. But that's the time frame when you would start looking at it. Right. And when Nebraska would start trying to make a move, because that's when you're yep. actually going to be able to get somebody. Um, so, like, next week is when we can start. Thinking about all the speculation, nothing's going to happen this week. You're not going to hear anything about the, about it this week. Um,
0: Wouldn't it be fun to announce it before K State fire the guys up, get them out there? That would
1: be fun, but it would be. It's not happening. <laughs> no, it's not it's happening. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. It, yeah. it would be a lot of fun for us, too, because, you know, then we could talk about it right before um, and have all of that. those conversations now instead of waiting and having to deal with all of the uncertainty of, you know, when is he going to sign? Is he going to sign? All that fun stuff. So luckily, though, Kansas has plenty of other things to distract them, like, you know, a fantastic basketball team and you know, the prospect of going to a bowl game and trying to figure out where Kansas fans get to travel to to support their team in the bowl season. I am definitely looking forward to that. I am scoping out potential bowl, um, you know, spots. And I will just say every single week at KU, um, that they have been playing at home since they came home for, I like, actually, it would have been, uh, it would have been for the Duke game. So starting with the Duke game, there's been a cheese it bowl rep at every single game at, at Memorial Stadium. No. So, so, whether you want to go to the Cheez-It Bowl or not, the fact that there is a bowl representative who has consistently been coming means that there are, you know, definitely things in motion for scoping out particular teams and getting them to certain locations. So, look, I, I have very fond memories of weird shenanigans going on in the Cheez-It Bowl. Um, there's a reason that the Cheez-It Bowl's a meme, because it's one that a lot of people remember, even if it's not the best matchups. Everybody seems to like to talk about the Cheez-It Bowl. So, if you're looking for a lot of exposure for, you know, a Kansas it's, team, it's, it's a good spot to go to, because everybody's going to talk about it. Everybody's going to talk about the history of that game, and just how weird it's probably going to be. So, it'll be one of the most hyped up. I think if Kansas gets to go there, cause you have the great story of Kansas making it back to a bowl in year two of Lance Leipold with a wacky bowl that for whatever reason can never seem to have just a normal game. It,
0: it's so fun to say cheese at bowl. It really like, is. Yeah, that would be pretty fun. So, so I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm in on cheese at bowl. It's, it's fitting for KU. Um, I'm looking at bowl projections right now, but it, it really doesn't matter. Um, so I, I'm in on cheese cheeseball cheese a or bust.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so talking about this team, right? Cause obviously we know that the run defense is a big issue for this team. Um, and I'm not really sure what they can do about it. It's not like, you know, it's not like they just like the scheme was off, right? They got dominated on the, on the, on the defensive line by a very physical Texas offensive line. I don't know that Kansas state's offensive line is quite as dominant, but they are a very solid one. Um, So going into this last week, obviously Kansas would love to get to seven and five, would love to potentially throw a wrench in the Kansas state plans of going to the big Twelve championship, which would require Texas to beat Baylor the day before, Um, but you know, what What are you looking for from this Kansas team in this final game? Like, is it something where there's a certain level of competitiveness that, uh, competitiveness that you have to see? Or is there a specific unit that you want to see, like, make big strides? Or, like, what is it, What what's the goal in this game? Because Kansas is not going to be favored. You know, I don't think there's an expectation that Kansas goes in and wins this game. But what would you consider to be a successful trip to Manhattan?
0: You got to be respectable. You've got to be Respectable. The concern is is a a blowout, and and I think that's a fair concern. What Casey, it's like a two touchdown favorite. So get it to single digits. Give me some hope. Give me. Let me talk trash on Twitter for a little while, and say we're coming back next year. We're hosting, and we're gonna kick your ass when you come to Lawrence. That's what I want to see. That's that is what you know, the reason to believe that that is possible now. Yeah. K-State, you gotta be concerned about what's, what's coming up front from them. uh, And what Deuce is going to do. So yeah, like I've been pretty worried about this game for a while now, Uh, but let's have some fun. If you lose again, like maybe Chris Kleiman can go to Nebraska instead. Who knows? Like, it, it, again, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to take these L's, keep your coach, extend him, and get better for next year. Just make it make it respectable. Bounce back from last week. Give me in a single digits.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it, it's all about progress, right? We we talked coming into the year, and, and we the the royal we. You know, a lot of Kansas people have talked about this was an extremely backloaded schedule, right? You you had the stretch essentially. You had your your most winnable games were early in the season. Then you have a stretch of Oklahoma, you know, at Oklahoma, at Baylor, you know, then uh, then home against Oklahoma State, who at the time everyone thought was going to be a phenomenal team the entire year long. Um, injuries, man, really just destroyed them. But then on the road at, at Texas Tech, home against Texas, on the road at Kansas State. That is a brutal End to the schedule. Like the expectation was that if Kansas was going to get you know three or four wins, it was going to have to come in the first three or four or five games of the schedule. Um, you know they they did exactly that. They got all of the big wins that they needed early. They showed how good of a team they were. They went ahead and surprised a team that you know if you look just at talent level, Oklahoma State should have beat Kansas, but. Obviously, injuries can take away a lot of a lot of good talent there. So Kansas got what they what they needed to to get to bowl eligibility. I'm glad that they. That they followed through on my prediction, although I had, you know, some some interesting uh, upsets. I expected them to be able to upset Texas and Kansas State at the end of the year to be able to do it. So the fact that they did it before these games even came up, and I don't you, have to worry about getting upsets bowl game? to get to bowl game. I did predict did a bowl game, yes, multiple like way back in January. I predicted a bowl game. I said they were going to upset Kansas State in the last week of the season to get to six and six and go to a bowl mm-hmm. game. I also did That's not think that you listen. Yeah, exactly. To in the Rock Chalk pot. Exactly. No, I, I did not think that Kansas State was going to be as good as they are this year. But yeah. I think a lot of that yeah, was because, good. you know, Adrian Martinez has been somewhat better than I expected, but not that much better than I expected. But I did not see Will Howard coming at all. And, and I think that is that is like the huge thing for Kansas State. And part of the reason why losing to Kansas State is not anything to, you know, be super upset about. Obviously, you don't want to lose by four touchdowns, but if if they can cover the spread, you know, if they can keep it within 10 to 10 to 12 points, then I think you have to be happy with that, about the progress that they made. Go out, get a bowl win, you know, end with a winning record for the entire season, including the bowl, and then build on it for next year. And that's really what you're looking for here. You know, this is year two. This is a year or this is a, like two years ahead of what most people were predicting in terms of going back to a bowl, right? Like most people yeah. were saying three is a possibility, but four is where you four. should start having expectations of, you know, yep. getting to a winning record, getting to a bowl, you know, being competitive in most or in, in all your big 12 games, that sort of stuff. We're, we're two years ahead of schedule.
0: I'll say one thing I would like to see Saturday would be, a team in a coaching staff playing like they have nothing to lose like empty the fucking playbook i'm sorry i don't know if you can cuss on this podcast no it's it's
1: all right that's all right you're you're don't okay don't do it don't, okay no you're okay. you're do- you're okay i don't use the explicit tag very often but when it's warranted and i'll i'll use it you're fine you can, don't just, worry about it okay you're fine all right empty
0: the playbook everything you've been setting up all year this is the time Go for it on fourth down. Though I understand Lance is going to feel a game out, but that's the type of effort you want to see. Just nothing to lose, and it's true—you have nothing to lose. So let's let's. I just I'm excited, and I hope it's a good game. Well, I'll take a KU blowout, blowout, but I'm I'm down for a good game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, a good game is what you're looking for. Um, again, there's no expectation, right? Like, you go out there, you sh- you show what you have. And, and this is a game where you are trying to get, I think, Jalen Daniels and or Jason Bean into peak form, right, so that they can use that to build some momentum going into the bowl games. Um you know, Daniels has been on the sideline for over a month. Like he needs more time to to build up with his receivers. Like there's no expectation that you go in against a good Kansas State defense and just completely light it up. Although I think that there's a possibility that he could still do that. He has shown, you know, the ability to make huge plays, to really kind of get around everywhere that he needs to and find guys that you're not used to being able to see from a Kansas quarterback. So I'm expecting him to have a, a good game at least. And of course, you can always expect something good when you go over to sponsor here on the podcast, Homefield Apparel. Homefield Apparel is the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anywhere. They have t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, joggers, so much more. Um, you know, I have a, over 140 different schools, fantastic vintage college logos that keep adding new stuff all the time, refreshing the ones that they do have, including a fantastic Kansas line that has pretty much everything you could ask for. They have a, a Kansas football shirt. To go along with all of the different basketball shirts, the Kansas Relays, they have a national championship shirt for the Jayhawks as well. So if you have not already, go over to homefieldapproval.com use promo code black Friday this week only. Um, It is their black Friday sale. It goes through the end of this week. Uh, You can get 20% off the entire website, no matter whether you've ordered or not before. Um, It is their biggest sale. However, there are limited quantities on what they do have. So make sure you get over there and find the stuff that you want for everybody on your shopping list. This holiday season, use that promo code black Friday to get 20% off of whatever you throw into your card. So, um, um, you know, I, I will be on hand. I'll actually be there to actually cover this game, and I'm going to enjoy it. It'll, it'll be my first road game covering the the team. Um, it will be very, very interesting, I think, to see what the environment is like in Manhattan. It's usually pretty good, from what I understand, for KUK State. So I am going to uh, to thoroughly enjoy that. And, of course, we will have a further, you know, uh, preview. We have uh, Scott of Bosco's Boys coming on the podcast here uh later this week so that we can talk about that I I, you know that is the one guest that I do not mind announcing way ahead of time because you know if anybody listens to Scott over on the Bosco's Boys that's here on the 1012 network um you know he will make sure that he is here because he loves to come on here and give me all kinds of crap so um you know they may not they may not I, I I was very very lucky that uh you know, I made a prediction with him that uh, Kansas would win against Kansas State before a new governor would be the one to give the governor's cup, um, you know, to to Kansas State. So thankfully, I have a little bit of a reprieve for that to actually happen. Um, but I do think that Kansas is going to get it one of these one of these years here in the next few. Um, you know, they are building. And, and look, Kansas State had some very fortunate things bounce their way this year. Um, you know, if, if Will Howard doesn't make the strides that he did, it came out of nowhere, then I think we would be talking about a very different game here coming up. So we'll be interested to see what all of that is. But do want to go ahead and jump over to basketball here? In, um, but before we do that, I do need to go ahead and throw it to a quick break. We will be right back on the Rock Chalk podcast. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. Boom! Bosco's Boys is here. I think we all wanted it. And the marriage is officially official. I'm so pumped to bring my show to the 1012 Network, Bosco's Boys, the most consistent K-State podcast out there over four years with at least one episode a week, bringing live shows to the listeners and to the participants every Wednesday at 7 p.m. I'm pumped to be here, and I would love it if you guys came over to Bosco's Boys and gave us a listen because we are not Big J journos. This is a podcast by a fan and his dog for fellow K-State and Big 12 fans, and I can't wait to chop it up with all the members and fans of the 1012 network. And we're back. I am here joined by Mike Vernon, the KU Scoops Meister himself. We are we just got done talking about football and look, it was it was an ugly game, but there is some things to kind of take forward, but now let's talk about what everybody really loves to talk about, which is basketball. Um, it is that time of season or that time of the year where we really get into basketball. The basketball uh, holiday tournaments are, are this week. And Kansas is in a pretty good one down in the battle for Atlantis. Um, the rest of the teams in the field, Butler, BYU, Dayton, NC State, USC, Tennessee and Wisconsin. Tennessee is the only other ranked team in the field. Kansas opens up with NC State. And then I forget who their second round matchup could potentially be. But it's one of two different teams. I believe that Dayton is one of the ones that they can get. It might be Tennessee that they would have in the second round. But either way, they they, they could face it off with Tennessee it's in that game. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So it's Wisconsin and then who else on the other side? Like, it's Wisconsin and who? Oh, on the... Okay, okay. Yeah, go ahead.
0: It's It's... Kansas, City Tennessee, State, Dayton, Wisconsin on the top half. Okay, D- Dayton. Half. So,
1: so Dayton would be the one in the second round that we were looking at early yes. because Dayton was ranked coming into the year. Um, yep. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think either way, Dayton, Wisconsin is going to be a good matchup, regardless of who it is. Um, you know, it, it, it'll be a good, solid one for them to kind of build some some confidence, and then you hope that you see Tennessee in that championship game to get that uh, that big win over another ranked team, but. You know, as we saw a few years ago, when they when when Kansas faced a Dayton squad that came out of nowhere, you know, in in their holiday tournament, and then it was actually I think it was a 2020 year when they were going to fa- potentially face Dayton. Right? Yeah, it was Maui in 2020, potentially face Dayton going into uh the the NCAA tournament. You know, when both of those teams were favorites to make it to the final four, and uh, unfortunately that did not happen. So hopefully this year we'll get an opportunity to face a really good team, um, you know, in the championship, regardless of who it is, and then have another great year like we did then so all right so but 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 looking at this team you know not just talking about because two huge games last week right kansas beating duke in the champions classic which which we haven't talked about yet here here on the podcast and then holding on against southern utah on friday night um thanks to a phenomenal jalen wilson performance 33 points career high for the second straight game his career high um are you more worried about the fact that it seems to take these Herculean efforts from Jalen Wilson for them to pull off these wins or, or, um, kind of just realizing that, that, or I, I guess, are you more confident that they have a guy that can have those sorts of efforts?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, it's a big deal (laughs) to what happened against Duke. I mean, they were going to Wilson every time in the second half. So, I mean, I've really been impressed. You've got a guy you can lean on when things break down late in games. It's going to happen in Big 12 play when when fans are – when we, the people, are going to be the most worked up over these games. You need someone like that. I, I didn't know he would be able to take that kind of step that, that we're seeing where, you know, an Ochai type of really – like ownership of this team. So, very very impressed there. There's certainly some questions to have, but pretty awesome development and cool to see when when a guy comes back, puts the work in and the results show. So, like it it's really been a reassuring thing and he really won you won you that game against Duke and and Southern Utah. Don't don't sleep on the T-Birds.
1: No, I, honestly, I was very surprised with what the Thunderbirds did. They were they were very good, and you know, kind off. of looking at it, they they have a very very good offense, just like a very high flying. Yeah. It, it's it's funny because yeah, it doesn't rate out very well in Ken Palm for whatever reason, but they like to score a lot. They like to take a lot of threes. They like to do a lot of that sort of stuff that you saw. So it's not like that was out of character for them. This was definitely a Kansas was not playing nearly as well as they normally would, um, but it's not like this was out of the realm of what southern utah usually does so it's not like you know kansas dealt with a team that was extremely hot from three i've actually i think they ended up only like six or 21 from three right for the end of the game like southern utah did not did not make a ton of threes in this game it just seemed like it because they were hitting a lot of shots early
0: yeah they just kept coming and KU didn't even have a bad shooting night uh but but it was the the energy and kind of the that just nonstop tempo that I think really got KU totally out of whack. One thing also Southern Utah did and Duke really was expose some issues down low, or at least at the center spot. And Duke's a huge team and KU had a ton of blocks, but Southern Utah really kind of messed with with the five spot on KU. And I just think it's a matter of being, being young and it being November. So you can't get too worked up, but I do think it's a key question I have down the stretch as teams watch some film on KU and start to figure out there are issues at the five. You can rebound against KU this year. Um, perimeter defense for the stretch five seemed a little bit wonky both nights. Again, all, all things that, that'll get worked out. I would, I would assume, but it's definitely caught my eye early.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things the the five spot I don't think it was necessarily that bad, right? Like I, I actually made this comment during the Champions Classic game against Duke. That normally when Kansas is outsized in in the middle, like what they typically try to do is lean into the speed that they have. Um but usually they're not fast enough, right? To overcome just how physical it is down low. This is a team I think that is a lot quicker. Um, they have they are able to make Those cuts, guys. right? They're able to make cuts a lot they're quicker athletic. than than we're used to seeing, and they're very athletic. And so I think. At least for right now, it's something that they can do. That actually worked against them, though, against Southern Utah because I think Southern Utah, like, yeah. sped them up even more to where they were making bad passes, going into the wrong, you know, the, the wrong spots. And so I think it was a great job by Southern Utah to kind of use that strength of the of of the Jayhawks against them and really get them into a, a situation where they were just going too fast, trying to do too much, and messing it up on their own. There was a lot of unforced errors for the Jayhawks. Um, in that particular game. And it was essentially because Southern Utah encouraged them to run even more than they actually were able to. So um, I, 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 looking forward, though, I agree. I think yeah. the biggest issue is down low. You have to get that figured out. There are some options, but injuries are not really helping with that right now. You, you're not getting to see Zach Clements because he is injured. You're not getting to see Cam Martin because he's injured. Like two guys that had a, a chance to get into that rotation. Ernest Uday is is playing fairly well, but I think he's very young and making some you know mistakes that you expect a young guy to make. The best big man so far for them has been K.J. Adams, but I don't know long-term if he's going to be able to stand up to a lot of the bigger Seven. guys. Right. Like, a, he's a small, yeah, a, a small game. five, a very small five. Um, I, I, don't know that he necessarily plays as well on the perimeter as a guy like Clemens does either. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, of, of a mismatch and a mash of a bunch of different guys. You have to figure out how to make it work. I think Kansas can make it work. The question is, if that's always an issue, then you've got to make sure you're locked down everywhere else. And what we saw against Southern Utah was, look, Kevin McCullough has been very solid all over the place. Um, but in a way, kind of like Jalen Wilson was last year, right, where he was very solid doing a lot of different stuff. And you don't really notice him until he's not there, until he's not doing all that great stuff. And McCaller was exactly the same way so far this season for them. And he had a very bad night, I think, against Southern Utah. Um, not not bad in the sense of like he took, you know, 15 shots and made one of them or anything like that. But bad in that he was not, he was not a quick on rotations. Like there was just a bunch of stuff like you noticed that he was not playing the way that he normally does. And so it's, it's very interesting, I think, to see how well he can do that, to see those roles change like you're talking about. Jalen Wilson is the clear leader of this team, much like Ochai was, much like Frank Mason was, Devontae Graham, um, you know, Marcus Garrett. Those guys were the clear leaders of their team. And I honestly think that's the thing that's most impressive about what Bill Self has done with this program. Right. He's gone from from year to year with a different leader of the team, but it's been a seamless transition. Like there's never really been an issue of, you know, I, I, I like, I I think of going from the championship to having, you know, Sharon Collins and Cole Aldrich, like those guys were the leaders of the team, but they didn't really like step up and put it all on their shoulders until the end of the year where they absolutely had to and they had to like grow into that every year we're seeing somebody who is ready to take this team to where they need to be and really ready to kind of push it and jalen wilson is just the next in a long line of guys that have developed under bill self and developed under their staff and you know really gotten an opportunity to increase their their nba draft stock and get themselves into like a national player of the year race discussion
0: yeah i was gonna say and i think one great point about kevin mcculler about how you don't really notice him until he, tell he's bad. There are a lot of kind of negative tweets there, and and I'm just not going to get too worked up about what McCuller did. Right, right. I it's like a it's, like a it's like a everybody's going to have
1: an off night at least once in the season, right? Like, yeah, right, if if that's his off night for the first you know ten games, and then he's on all the rest of them, you can forgive an off night or two. Every single player has them, even the best in the NBA.
0: But. Jalen Wilson's number two right now in the Kim Paul Player of the Year standings. That That is wild. He's behind Drew Timmy. And I can't argue it either. I mean, he's been unreal good. So really an exciting development there. I'm excited to see. And somehow, somehow Bill always pulls it off, always has a guy when he needs it. And getting Wilson to come back is exactly – that situation, and again, it's just cool to see things pay off like this for him. So, I, I'm excited, I'm, I'm excited for him. He's been here, he's put in the work, kind of an unsung guy on the championship
1: team, and, and now he gets his moment to shine. Yeah, he, also he, he was really that. Awesome. Oh, yeah, Grady Dick is awesome. It's like <laughs> it's, it's cool. going to be very interesting this year, right? Because I am both. It, um, very much amused with all of the the greedy dick jokes on Twitter, but also very tired of them at this point because it's the same ones over and over. So I would like people to get a little bit more creative with them, but uh, I definitely understand, you know, how, how juvenile Twitter is well, at all times. So it's I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm like I, I understand it, but I would like for some people to come up with some more original stuff so that we can enjoy them all year long instead of just hearing the same ones every single game. So.
0: Yeah, I went. I went pretty apeshit early, intentionally, as like I hate, like things are gonna get happen. it all out of your this, system,
1: right? Like right. <laughs> and,
0: and so I pretty much have slowed on on that since
1: since the first two games. Right. Uh, I, I've gone back to treating it just like any other player. So like I, you know, when when you talk about him in your tweets, you'll use the last name only and talk about what he did and just say what it was. You know, I'm sure I'm still going to have a a fun, um, you know headline related to his performance when he has a big game and wins in the game.
0: But let's have some, why not
1: have some? Play? Exactly. Exactly. It's not going to be every single game. So you'll take it when yep. you get the opportunity for it. So, all right. So, so, so looking at this week coming up, because like we said, it is a three game tournament. Kansas is guaranteed to have three games. Um, the hope obviously is that they win all three of them, but looking at the field, looking at what you have seen from Kansas and the fact that, you know, after this game or after this, this weekend, they have a stretch of um, Texas yeah. Southern at home and then at Seton Hall comes and then they go 10 days or nine days later to Missouri and then come back home a week after that for Indiana and then Harvard before the winter break. Um, so like there is a a fairly good stretch of games uh, of, of difficult games of important games coming up in the next five after this tournament. So what are you expecting to see? from the Jayhawks or wanting to see from the Jayhawks in this week, this tournament this week that will help get them ready for the rest of their non-conference schedule.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a loaded three game stretch seat in Missouri, Indiana. And then you basically just jump into big 12 play. So you've got to, they've got to start growing up a little bit where you can see, I mean, these are going to be their first games with, with self too, but you want to see the, the young bigs make some strides. I think that'll be really important. Getting a little more comfortable, uh, a few less like rotational mistakes defensively. And also want to see like MJ rice, get comfortable. Hasn't had a chance. I think those are the kinds of things that'll really help them get to the next level. <clears throat> go play a tournament, get three games in three days or whatever it is. I think that's what it is. And really establish a rhythm. I think it would be really, really important, and they benefit from that. Um, also, you know, curious about who keeps stepping up from the bench. Yes, if you are Pettiford. Uh, and, and I'm not sure what's going on with, with Zach, but for me, really the, the bigs I'm looking at, you know, Zubi and, and Uday along with MJ Rice. Get those guys comfortable. Yeah, I was going to say, I hadn't even... to develop an identity.
1: Yeah, I hadn't even talked about Zuby Edge before yet. He has come in in some spots and and made some really big plays. But it will be interesting to see how much he gets to do because I don't think he can sustain it over the course of, you know, like 18 to 20 minutes in a game. He's going to be one of those spot guys that comes in and gives you a bunch of energy, a different look, and does some different things that you won't necessarily yeah. see elsewhere. So.
0: Yeah, he's kind of one of those guys like he's out there, and you're like, I don't know if he knows what he's doing, but oh, oh. Maybe he that does. Looked, that looked good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it kind of reminds some me some raw talent. Right. It, it kind of reminds me of what Cole Aldrich did on the 08 team, right? Where you saw that he could come in in little spurts and do some good stuff, and you thought he was going to be a good player down the line. Or even a guy like um, Landon Lucas, right? Like you could see some stuff early. With him, but you knew it was going to take some time to develop. I think Edge of Four is kind of in the same boat right now. I do think though, he's probably going to get more run and get more opportunities just because there's not a guy for sure who is like the guy down low. So I think yeah. Edge of Four might get some more run this year than you would normally see from a guy in his position, which would be very interesting to see. I just don't know that you can expect him to take a huge step forward you know, by the end of the season, it's not going to be like a, like a, you know, MB type of, you know, huge jump forward. And, and again, not saying, you know, he's anything like MB the player, but just in terms of a guy who is considered to be a role player, who's probably like a, you know, year two, year three guy that's going to be a strong contributor and all of a sudden having just a huge uh, development in season.
0: I think it's important for KU fans to be patient. Maybe, Zuby wouldn't have played in other years with a deeper bench of bigs. And in, in Uday wouldn't have been asked to have the the role that he's going to be asked. So I think it's important to remember that and remember the long game that compared to what we're used to seeing, we, we haven't really been asking asking this of these type of guys. And I think Self tried to get uh, a more experienced big in through the portal, but it, it didn't work out. Um this off season. They were looking at, at Nance from Northwestern who's over at Carolina. So uh, really important to watch their development, but also develop an identity and continue to be confident and
1: figure out who, who can shoot to <laughs> edge of four, I think is going to be really good this year in those spots. So it'll be interesting to see, like you said, how he develops, what they're able to get from not just him, but kind of everybody. Um, they have, This is another one of those years, I think, where they have a bunch of guys who could play um, whereas last year they had a bunch of super talented guys that all had strong cases for getting onto the floor and you had to figure out how to get them all. I think this year you have a lot of guys with a, with a bunch of potential, right? That you, you want to get as many of them on the floor as possible to see which ones are going to be the ones that develop the fastest to help you for this year. Um, it will be very interesting. I do have to say, I have a really hard time saying Edge of Force first name, Zubi because I always think of Zubaz, which is, the, you know, the awful, those awful Zubaz uniforms that Adidas had for, for Kansas in the Big 12 tournament. I think think they wore them scarred right they wore them once in the big 12 tournament and then bill self basically said no never happening ever again and they stuck them in a closet somewhere it it was awful but anyway um zuby will be just fine zubaz no never again but okay so so just to kind of wrap up here um you know, looking through the rest of the non-conference schedule, which one of those games do you have circled as like the big one? Obviously I think Missouri is a strong contender, but um, you know, I I know several people that are kind of circling that Indiana one. So, so of those two or really any of the other ones, like which one jumps out to you as the one to be the most excited about?
0: Oh man. I'm thinking, I guess Indiana is the true measuring stick, right? That's, that's the big non con game in December we've seen in years past that it has just been really fun to, to learn about how the team is developing. Though normally you get some easier games before that, and KU doesn't have it. Missouri's 5 and 0, though. So if they don't lose before then, and like, I'm, I don't, their schedule is not too hard before then. then. They play Wichita State. That's it. If Missouri is undefeated and KU comes into town, that's it. That's the number one game. That's the one you need to win. Uh, new coach, and it's time to, like, put them in their place a little bit. Maybe, like, a six-win KU football team coming in in Manhattan right now. Um, so, look, I, I'm excited for Indiana. But if, if Missouri is, what, six, seven, eight, nine and 0, oh, that's the game. That's the game. It's yeah. it's it's, it's, I don't it's care.
1: that's it's the game. weird because like this that is the type of game that you were hoping to have, right? If you were going to start playing Missouri again. But even as as recently as last year you had no expectation that Missouri was ever actually going to be good enough to live up to that type of game um which yeah, is which yeah. is kind of interesting um, it's also interesting that that Missouri game is the only road game in the non-conference that comes before conference play because Kentucky is on the road but that's not until the end of January so like yep. it's the only true road game that they have um it will be i think very very interesting to see how they perform away from Allen Fieldhouse in a non-neutral situation because Kansas fans travel really well. Um, Columbia is one of the few places where it's going to be difficult for Kansas fans to get into the building because they they do a really good job of making sure that, you know, Kansas can't get people in there. So um, it will be interesting to see how they handle that environment. Um, But then you get into, you know, Big 12 play. And I I talked about this on our preview of the basketball season that we did with Brendan Dorzynski. And, you know, there is no stretch of two games that you look at in the Big 12 conference play where you can like, you know, have two decently easy games. Right. One, because the Big 12 is just that good from top to bottom. But even if you like assume that like Iowa State or Kansas State are going to be like towards the bottom of the conference, um, you know, Kansas State yeah, is a rival. Right. Well, yeah. Kansas yeah. State is a rival. Iowa State is like as close to a rival as you can get without officially being a rival. Um, Those are like the tough games. And then you have, you know, you're looking at huge three game stretches of, you know, like games against Texas and Kentucky and and, you know, Iowa State on the road and like all of this stuff location wise and just the way that the schedule shapes up. Once we get to that, you know, Seton Hall game, I would argue with the exception of breaks, like of actual not having games because we're on a holiday break. There are no breaks at all for this Kansas team. Um, over, you know, all the way through March. So it'll be very interesting to see how they handle, but I think that those will be an early indication that Seton Hall game and then the Missouri game will be an, a nice indication of how strong this team is, how disciplined the team's going to be. And of course, we didn't even talk about, like, Bill Self coming back. You you briefly mentioned it, but, you know, so we'll wrap up with this then. Final, final question. Bill Self being out the first four games, do you ultimately think that's going to be a good thing for the toughness of this team Or is it something where they might have been further along if Bill Self was there the entire time?
0: I think I'll say good. Anytime you can have some adversity and win through it, it, it's for the best. So I think a little bit of a different look, a little bit, you know, whatever different thought Norm brings into a game, I think that's still going to be good for the team though. And they've been practicing with Bill, and that's the most important thing, I think, at this time of the year. Maybe the rotations would have been a little different. There are some groupings that, like, you can get three or four pretty rough offensive players on the court at the time right now that, like, okay, you can try it out now, Norm, or maybe Bill it up. but, like, don't want to see that again. So I'll, I'll say it's a good thing. Again, a little bit uh, of adversity now will help them down the stretch. And they didn't lose, so no no harm there. It's an exhausting schedule, so they've got to be ready for it. In you wish with with some of the young talent, they may be at a few games to beat up on someone, but they're just not gonna they're not gonna get it this year. One other thing I want to look for, they got to get to the free throw line more. Yeah, that's they do. something that might happen more with Bill. Um, they it's like one of the worst in the country getting to the, to the line. We haven't seen Ku do that ever. So, expecting, I expect it to change. It's only four games so far, but that's just indicative of like the clear issues they have, yeah, offensively at the center spot.
1: Yeah, I mean it's three fifty-five out of three hundred and sixty-three teams in terms of them getting to the to the free throw line. Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. really bad. I, I I do think it actually is somewhat beneficial. Um, mainly because, like, this is an opportunity for them. You know, this was, I think, much more player-driven. Look, I I love Norm, but there is no way that you can convince me that Norm is going to be as hands-on with them or as, you know, authoritative with them in terms of, you know, you have to do it this particular way because it's not Norm's team. You know, even though he was trying to be Bill Self's voice on the team, like, he cannot be as authoritative with, I want you to do it this way as a guy like Bill Self could. If Bill Self was there... You do it Bill's way or you don't play. Um, you right. know, there's at least some room for discussion when Norm is the guy running it with Bill Self in the background, kind of telling him, Hey, this is what I want to yeah. see tonight. You know, but like you get to the day of the game and Self is not allowed to have any contact with the team when, when he was suspended. So, like, he wasn't allowed to be in practices through the day of. He wasn't allowed to be in the building. Like, he can't call anybody. He can't do any of that. That was part of the conditions of being suspended. And so, um, you know, it's very, I think, Possible and, and honestly, I think likely that some of the players themselves were having to lead in, in ways that you wouldn't typically see this early. And that will be very beneficial, I think, down the road. Um, you know, the the teams that Bill Self has had the best, um, you know, the, the best records with that have gone the furthest are the ones that have a guy on the floor that can act like the coach, that can help to calm things down so that Bill Self does not have to be the guy to yell and scream at them and and make them do everything they need to do. If you have a guy on the floor that can help get everybody where they need to be, that is hugely beneficial. And I think Jalen Wilson's had that opportunity. I think the Kevin McCullers had had more of that opportunity because self has not been in the, in the gym during the games. And even guys like Dewan Harris and, you know, Bobby Pettiford and some of these other guys that have been able to get in, we've seen some interesting lineups. We've seen guys take on roles that I don't know that Bill self would be super comfortable with them taking on this early. Um, kind of out of necessity, but also I think just because Norm will allow them to have a little bit more freedom. Because again, it's not it's not Norm's I, team. As much as as much as he is, you know, Bill Self's guy and doing what Bill Self wants him to do. Um, you know, I I, I just it, it feels to me, and you could tell by the way he was talking, it feels to me like the mood was probably a little looser than you would normally see this time of year.
0: I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing we have uh you know, in practice, Norm playing good cop a little bit more self as bad cop. So all of a sudden the, the good cop was coaching. So that's just my, my guess. And, and so it's going to be a little, a little different, but I think it's a good thing. Give the team a different look. And now it's like, boom. Okay. We're on now. And it is the right time for that. So, Oh yeah, for sure.
1: All right. Well, great start to the, to the uh, season for the Kansas men. Additionally, great start to the season for the Kansas women as well. They are three and zero after beating Uh, UTGRV, I think it is. I have no idea who that was. Um, I just know they have a lot of initials. Grand uh, Rio Valley. Yeah, there we go. But they they finally... It's uh, Grand Rio Valley, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, They finally blew out a team that they should have blown out, uh, which was great to see. So it will be interesting to see how the women continue to uh, perform in this particular season. But hey, their schedule has stepped up a lot. They talked about that during Big 12 Media Days. They are getting into the meat of a pretty difficult non-conference schedule. And then, of course, the Big 12 Conference as a whole is just an absolute beast on the women's side as well. So... Um, Looking forward to to some great things. Also, just the final, you know, Olympic sport to round up. uh, We did have senior day for the Kansas volleyball team against Iowa State on Saturday. They won in a five set thriller. Um, You know, that was a great, a great ending to see before the KU football game kicked off. Um, So. Make sure you guys are following all the other sports that we have. I know that the volleyball team is trying to make that final push to get into the the NCAA tournament, have an opportunity to try to make a run like they did last year. Um, would be great to see. But we have a lot of really great sports to follow here at Kansas. So make sure you're following them all because they're all playing really well. They're all at a point now where I think it's enjoyable to watch them all. And under Travis Goff, I think a lot of these programs are going to grow even better than they were before. So, All right, that is going to do it for us today. Mike, before we get out of here, you actually have something to plug this time. So what is it that you, this new project that you're working on that everybody needs to go ahead and get signed up for?
0: Thehearings.substack.com. So what happened basically there that night people were thought Twitter was going to die. I was just like, well, they, it would really suck to not be able to get a message out to people and say, you know, hey, it, it, come follow me here in case this happens. And even in the event that Twitter does degrade, um, I wanted to, to at least have a way to reach people still. So. And I spent <laughs> spent too much time to just let it let it be. Um, and so I tossed out a Google form and was pretty blown away by the amount of people who responded. Uh, I'm really, really thankful if you are one of one of the people who are ch- interested in checking out, thank thank you. This has been unreal so far. And based on the response, I was like, let's, let's go ahead and just do it. I can not get in trouble from the character limit on Twitter anyway. Let's have a newsletter slash blog. It'll go to your inbox where you can check out the link whenever you want. And uh, I just threw out a na- the hearings. So that's it. Uh, I would love it if you could follow. I want it to be really for uh, a community in case we get displaced via Twitter. So I'm going to try to really reach out and see what people are interested in hearing about. And I'll do my best to deliver on that. So let's have some fun on there. Maybe some hot takes and get some scoopies.
1: <laughs> well, and and like I've always said, right, like. We went through a good period of time where the only voices in the Kansas sports space were the newspapers, right? The, the, the reporters that were trying to get as many good stories out as they possibly could, but you couldn't really do very much. Um, the, the podcast space for a long time had like nobody in it. Um, you know, except for a couple really good Kansas basketball shows, but that has now exploded. You've got a lot of great football specific shows. You've got a lot of great shows that just talk about the entire, the entire program. Um, so. There's a lot of really good audio coverage out there now, right, for for the Jayhawks. But there's always room for more voices, always room for more people to kind of talk about what they know. And, you know, you've been very clear about the hearings over on Twitter that these are things that, you know, you hear from people. They don't rise to the same level of, you know, journalistic uh, verification or any of that sort of stuff. Like it's the there is an appetite, right, for people that want to hear Some of the discussions that are being had behind the scenes, some of the rumors that are flying around and actually discuss them as credible, you know, credible topics to think about. Not necessarily a this is what's going to happen, but more of a this is what people are talking about. You know, is there something there to think about? Um, and so, you know, you, you have that exactly. blasted way at the top of the hearings. I've gone ahead and take a look at it. I think it's great. Um like Thank you. Literally, the fact is here and the stuff you've been doing on Twitter, I know that there's you've had a lot of flack coming your way for some people that kind of misunderstood what it was you were trying to do. Um, but you know you can't really have it both ways for a long time people were complaining about there's no access to the department there's no information at all about what's going on we only hear the very careful crafted message that the department have and and i i definitely think you can go overboard right with trying to like air every single thing that's coming uh, or that's being yes. talked about in the department but there is very important information and i think very useful information for people to know about what's happening and so i think Ideally, this is going to be kind of right there in that middle, the middle ground there, right, where you, you're you hearing enough about what's happening behind the scenes to feel like you're informed, like you know what's going on. So that when the actual announcements come out, you can understand the context behind them. You can understand a lot of the stuff that went into those decisions and how important those decisions are and what the outcome is because of everything that went into it. And I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people don't, you know, like. You talk about people that are upset with their franchises, like, you know, the the pro sports teams or the colleges or whatever. It's when they feel like nobody cares or they feel like things are made in such a, you know, uh, corrupt or um, secretive way that there's, you know, a lack of accountability or there's, you know, just all kinds of other stuff. And so, again... Obviously, if, if you were to go off the deep end and go like way too far into it, you know, you'd be right to get called out for it. But there is room for people to know what's going on and room for people to talk about what's being what's what's being heard. So definitely jump in if you haven't already. Um, Thank you. You know, I, I love what you do there. I, I definitely think that there are some people that have some legitimate gripes with some of the ways that you present some of the information sometime, Mike. But look, um, you know. I, I don't blame you for being defensive in some cases, I'm, though. So, <laughs> it, It's hard not to be. We're, we're human, and I'm going to have a reaction. Look, we'll blame so it on K-State fans because K-State fans yeah. love to come after me on Twitter, so I can completely understand it's nuts. all so, of that. Yeah, I, so,
0: yeah, I get a little – hopefully the presentation – This will give me a better opportunity to clarify. Right, it's a lot easier.
1: It's a lot easier to give a full argument in an article rather than having to do a twenty tweet string that somebody can grab one tweet of and completely misrepresent. So,
0: yep, and and yeah, and I I appreciate the feedback either way. Except for from K State fans, but when (laughs) you people expressing their opinion, that's great. I hope they understand. At the same time, we don't want. You know Jeff Long and, and Les Miles running a running a unchecked. So somewhere in the middle, it's good to have someone you know willing willing to poke the bear a little bit, even if even if uh, I've crossed the line. So I'll do my best not to. And and really like this is this is for fun and entertainment. So exactly, I, I appreciate the the words and how supportive you've been through the whole process. And I'm excited to learn. I'm sure I'll mess some stuff up. Uh, but this is about learning and entertaining and and having fun as KU fans together.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 kind of funny because I don't consider myself to be a professional journalist at all. Like it's not my day job. Um, I do enjoy being in this space and trying to share as much information as I can. But I definitely bring a fan perspective, and I think we're at the point now where there's plenty of value in getting all of those different perspectives. So yep. we'll just yep. keep keep doing it, keep bringing as much as we possibly can um and we will try to be the voice of the fans as much as we possibly can. So, all right Mike, thank you so much for joining me and thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not already, please do go out wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there, just search for Rock Chuck Podcasting, subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. to give us a rating and a review, five stars and a comments would be absolutely fantastic, but if for whatever reason you can't do that, just let us know what it is we can be doing better because we really do bring the podcast so you guys get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want me to try to interview, anything like that, contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are part of the 1012 Podcast Network. It's a huge network of, I think we're at 12 podcasts right now, covering all the teams in the Big 12 Conference including the ones that are coming in as well. We are part of and, and partnered with the Sports Drink Network, which is your water cooler for all things sports and not sports. They are a great network, and what we are doing at the 1012 network is fantastic as well. You can find all the shows by going to 1012network.com and there are links to all of them there. Um Make sure you visit our sponsors, Homefield Apparel and Prize Picks. Um, use promo code CHOCK12 right now at Prize Picks to get a great deal. Uh, Homefield Apparel, make sure you use that Black Friday code that we talked about earlier because it's a, it's a fantastic deal. It runs all of the week. Make sure that you get that great deal there. But thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast.